Bobby, what's wrong with the car? Uh-oh, I think it's broke. Look, that thing there is all swoped up. We, we got a pair of pliers and a screwdriver. We can find out. I think we should just start poking stuff. Oh, all right. All right. don't do that, folks. Tune into the Grease Gurus. Don't go to the emergency room. Go to the Grease Gurus and learn why your car might have stopped on the side of the road and what not to touch. On Saturday mornings <laughs> from 10 a.m. on the Tan Talk Radio Network. Ouch, that hurt. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio Cars. Let me tell you about my company, Gulfstream Motorsports, 727-541-1741. I have over 35 years' experience with classic, vintage, sport, and racing cars. I do appraisals, consulting, and pre-purchase inspections. Before you buy your next rare classic, the car of your dreams, give me a call at Gulfstream Motorsport, 727-541-1741. Also, due to my 28 years' experience in the auto salvage business, I am very good with wrecks. So if your car has been in a wreck, Call me for a diminished value report. Call me at 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for lost value of your repaired vehicle. That's Gulfstream Motorsports, 727-541-1741. And be sure to tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Wednesdays, 7 to 8 p.m. on the Tantalk Radio Network, AM 1340. Look at the size of that trunk. You could put three bodies in there. Just kidding. Just trying to levitate the situation. Okay, thank you. We appreciate it. Sure, sure. Hey, what kind of car do you drive anyway? Uh, it's a Lexus 430 uh, LS. That's like a Toyota. It's a Lexus. Yeah, Toyota, Lexus, same thing. Japanese, right? Let's not forget Pearl Harbor. Anyway, let's get serious. You want to buy this car what? Yay or nay? Well, I don't know. We have to think about it. Yeah. What's there to think about? I mean, you told me you liked it. You asked me 10,000 questions. I answered every single one of them. You drove it. You love it. What more do you need to know? Uh, you know, it's a lot of money, and uh, we just need the time to consider it. Consider it? Yeah. Well, why don't you consider this? You've been breaking my balls for about an hour, asking me about every goddamn accessory in this car. Look, what about the light? What about this? You cannot talk this? to customers like that. You're not a customer as far as I'm concerned. You want to buy the car or not? Not from you. I want to see the manager. You want to see the manager? Yeah. Yeah? I'll show you the manager. Here's the manager. Right here. Here's the manager. Come on. You want to talk to him? What should I do? Throw him out! You hear him? He just said, throw him out. He's the boss. What should I get? Tell him to get a Honda. Hey, he just said it. He's the boss. Hello. 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 What's the idea of going through a boulevard stop? Look at our fender. Slayton, when's your operator's license? Why don't you say something? That's enough. Just as I thought. Drunk driving. Give him a ticket. One way or round trip. Make it a one way round trip. What do you want? Hello, this is Mark Muller with the History Channel's new series, God, Guns, and Automobiles. Hey, tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. These guys rock. Welcome. Hey, you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run to your computers in Google, Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us, what we do. And if you've missed any of our past shows, don't forget to check out our website and visit the archive page where you can listen to all 400, I think it's 408, 407, 408, 409 shows. Anyway, hey, we got an exciting show for you tonight. We got a couple of guests coming on, and we're going to talk about uh, used cars. And if you caught that clip, you kind of get an idea of, uh, well, you know, the used car business is pretty cool. And um, there's a convention coming up here in a couple of weeks. It's called the uh, National Independent Automobile Dealers Association Convention in Orlando, the Mega Conference, as they've got it nicknamed. And uh, basically, there's two types of organizations. There's a, there's a national organization of franchise dealers, and there's a national organization of independent car dealers. And uh, they've also joined the alliance of buy-here-pay-here car dealers. Now, buy-here-pay-here, or AR, which is accounts receivable, car lots. Let me give you a little quick background here. When I used to be in the wrecking yard business, I would sell to a lot of used car dealers, franchise dealers and buy here pay here car dealers and um well 
the car dealer business, unfortunately, you know, there's a few bad apples out there and or actors, if you want to use that term, and they kind of give the industry kind of a bad name. But for the most part, you know, if you're smart, and I always tell people, I preface by saying this, is you really need to educate yourself. When you go out and buy a car, you don't want to be desperate. You don't want to be in a bind. You want to go out there and take some time to buy a car, and you want to be able to go out there and talk to dealers, and you want to be able to kind of be able to have the upper hand. And uh, that is the purpose of these organizations. So the National Independent Automobile Dealers Association, they're there to kind of help. They're there for two reasons. One, to protect the dealers and, more importantly, to protect and maintain some structure and some ethics, a code of ethics, for the consumer. Okay, And that's very important. I mean, you want that in, uh, in, in any retail business. Now... I'm going to digress here for a second. There's a uh, you see the window sticker, and the window stickers are placed on the cars. That's generally you see those at the uh, new car dealers. Those are called Monroney stickers. The Monroney sticker came out. I think it's uh, originally came into existence somewhere in the '40s. And I think what happened was there was a let's just say a really really honest car dealer from the Midwest who thought that. You know, when you price cars, there should be some sort of standardization there because otherwise dealers could say, well, you know, this car's worth, let's say, $5,000 or this car's worth $6,000 or this car's worth $3,000. Well, if you have a Monroney sticker, which contains the manufacturer's suggested list price, okay, that is the Monroney sticker. That's the window sticker that you see on car dealership windows on the cars. And uh, so this gentleman, Monroney, went to the dealer association. And quite frankly, I think from what I understand, the National Independent Automobile Dealers Association has been around probably close to – since 1946, I think it was. Since, so, so that's 70-some-odd years. And uh, so 70-some-odd years, you know, you've had this, this uh, organization, this alliance – there's oversight, okay, which is good. You need that in industry. You need to be regulated to a point where, you know, you kind of have some continuity and consistency and fairness among dealers and fairness for the consumer. So at any rate, now the used car industry, you don't have to post a window sticker on there. You should put a sales price on there, obviously, and that's a, a retail asking or suggested price. But one thing that is mandatory, at least in the state of Florida, is you have to have what they call a um, – oh, let me think here. It's a uh, – it's a slip that's in there that basically a disclaimer that says either, and I can't think of the name right now, escapes me, I should know, that either says it's sold with a warranty or as is. We call it in the business, we call it an as is sticker. So that's good, okay? But again, I will say this, and, and we talk about this quite frequently and quite often on the show, you know, there's an art to buying a car. And again, you need to do your homework, you need to do your research. You also need to keep in mind that these are used cars, these are machines, they are mechanical, they're not going to be perfect. Generally, a used car is a used car. And the reason somebody sold the car or got rid of the car, for the most part, is because, well, frankly, certain things just, it has issues, okay? Reputable dealers, used car dealers, franchise dealers, or independent car dealers will take the time and the effort to recon those cars, which is short for recondition those cars. So they are pretty much roadworthy, and they would pass most inspections, and, uh, you know, you've got yourself a pretty safe car. Keep in mind... And the, the cars today are a lot more sophisticated than they were back in the old days. You know, in the old days, we had, you know, your basic carburetors, points, you know, small V8 motor, you know, uh, overhead valve, and that was it, you know. And uh, you had your basic three-speed automatic transmission, and you had a basic rear end underneath the car, and you had disc brakes on the front, drums on the rear. You had an alternator. You had stereo. You had power steering, power brakes, power windows, power seats. Um, like I said, a stereo. And that was about it. Today, with all the electronics, all the computers, all the, you know, lane, keep you in the lane so you keep from changing lanes, navigation, uh, computer, you know, it automatically senses something, slows the car down, keeps it from stopping, ABS brake, all kinds of stuff. So that's one of the reasons cars are far more complicated. So you really need to do your homework so you know what you're buying and find out which cars have the best reliability, have the best resale, have hold up the best, have the best warranties, um, best serviceability. There's all these things you need to take in consideration when you're buying a good used car. Now, I'm going to give our friend uh, Tim Gibson a plug here, and his commercial usually plays at the beginning of our show, and that's Tim the Grease Guru. Now, Tim got a repair shop up in uh, on Verona Place up in Tarpon Springs. He's a pretty good mechanic. He's got all the latest scanning equipment, so he can check your car out. And so you need to find a reputable mechanic. If you buy a car, besides a dealer, you need to have a reputable mechanic, somebody that you can trust. That's very, very, very important. And um, 
because I can tell you from my own experiences and I'm kind of in the business and I have a tough time trying to find a really, really good mechanic. So Tim does some of the work on my stuff. He works on my trucks and stuff. Most of the stuff I do myself and Alan, who generally sits in with me from time to time, him and I, you know, since we're kind of wrenches, well, he's a mechanic. I'm just a wrench, which is kind of like a shade tree mechanic or a, a tinkerer, if you will. You know, I can fix my old stuff, you know, because it's pretty easy. I've done it so, for so many years and had the cars for so long. It's a, it's a no-brainer for me. But the new cars with computers where you got to plug something in and the, whatever that plug is underneath the dash, and you got to read these scans, and it spits out some codes. Then you got to be able to cross-reference that in a, in a catalog or on your computer. And, and then you got this computer tied into this computer tied into this computer. And pretty much what you get into is your parts replacing. You're really not fixing anything because it's all electronics. But... That gets expensive. I mean, some of these computers can add up to thousands. I was over at the uh, Mercedes-Benz dealership today talking to one of my customers over there. You know, when you look at some of these cars, and they're $120,000, $150,000, $180,000, you know. And, you know, that's the other thing I was going to tell you, too. Um, buying a new car, if you got the money, buy one. Sure, by all means, you know. And sometimes it makes sense to lease a car. If you're going to lease a high-end car and you can lease it for three years and put ten to 12,000 miles on a year, that's a good deal, too. But... If you're pragmatic and you're economic-minded, it makes the most amount of sense to buy a pre-owned or a used car. Now, I always encourage people to buy the newest car that you can possibly afford that's under warranty so you have you know, relatively minimal problems. And if you do have a problem that's under warranty, you roll into the dealership and it's taken care of. Now, you can buy a car that's under warranty. It's like a one- or two-year-old car from an independent car dealer. And if the factory warranty is still in effect, you can take that car to the factory dealer. And have it serviced. That's also a good deal. You know, a lot of times independent dealers are a little bit cheaper than retail franchise dealers. Now, the reason being is because they generally buy cars that have a little bit higher mileage on them that franchise dealers won't keep on their lot. The car can't be certified because it might have just a, a, an extra issue or two. But nonetheless, it's still under a factory warranty. So the best deal is to buy any car that you can afford that meets your criteria that is under a factory warranty. The rule of thumb is is drive a car between thirty low mileage. I cannot overemphasize low mileage, unless it's a cool car and it doesn't matter to you, but low mileage. When a car gets around 60, 62,000 miles, that used to be the old number that we used to use as dealers back in the day, it's time to get rid of it. So if you can buy a car in the 30s and then drive it, you know, let's just say you average 15,000 miles a year, two years you can drive that car problem-free if it's under warranty. When it gets up around 60,000 miles, then sell it. If the car's had no issues, believe it or not, you can trade that car into a dealership. Some dealerships, some franchise dealerships, will actually take that car in and trade if it's been well-maintained and serviced with a good track record and no dirty Carfax, as we say, or auto check, then they might buy that car off you, and then they can recertify that car, and then the next guy gets the car, and it's good for 100,000 miles you know, with a certified pre-owned warranty. So there's a lot of things to consider when you're buying a used car. Now, the gentlemen that we have coming on here in a little bit are from the National Independent Automobile Dealers Association, and we have two representatives coming on, one for sure. One's on a flight. If he gets off in time, he'll be on the phone with us, and we're going to get two different perspectives. So you'll have my perspective, and you'll have their perspective. And uh, so I think this is going to be a good, pretty good show. should be a lot of fun. You'll learn something. And, uh, and that's what this show is all about. Now, if you uh, let's do a little Florida Car Shows Minute. And those of you that want to know where all the car shows are in the state of Florida, be sure to check out flacarshows.com. Now, there's no major shows taking event other than in a week or two, we have the 24-hour Le Mans, which I'm not going to be at that. There's a number of shows taking place up out of the state. For example, there's an event going on in Georgia. There's an event going on in Hershey. There's an event going on in Carlisle. And, of course, you know, in the summertime, there's a lot of stuff going on up north, Detroit, Ohio, because they don't have any snow on the ground. So they're all taking their cars out and having a good time. That's typically what they do. So they got four months that they can, three, four months that they can really truly enjoy their cars. But for all the stuff taking place in Florida, you definitely want to check out flacarshows.com. Now, what did we do this weekend? Hey, there was a concert in town. It was ZZ Top and CCR. So I can't thank our good friends over at Ruth Eckert Hall enough for putting on that concert down there at uh, Coachman Park because CCR was outstanding and ZZ Top was as spectacular as ever. So. Now, what's going on this weekend? Well, again, one of the things that I'm going to go to is uh, up at Renegers, which is up in Mount Dora. I'm going to the Cars and Guitars Swap Meet. So if you're into music and into cars, hey, that's where you want to hang out. In the meanwhile, I think it's time to go ahead and uh, play a song. And I'm not even sure. Did we even decide which song we're going to play? Yeah, we did. We got CCR, Sweet Hitch a Hiker. Yeah. Hey, you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio Cars. Here's a little CCR, Sweet Hitch a Hiker. 
Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Looking for car shows? Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com. This is Mark Martin. You're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And uh, what we're talking about car shows, car dealers, and a lot of other good stuff. Now, my experiences in buying and selling cars and dealing with cars, of course, I come from the wrecking yard world, so I really wasn't a car dealer per se, although I've worked for them in the past. But I can tell you that the best time of the month to buy a car is the last week of the month. Do your homework, figure out what you want to buy. This is an approach that I recommend. It's very pragmatic, makes common sense, doesn't get anybody upset, but seems to work. So within the last week of the uh, month, what you need to do is start shopping. And then you go from dealer to dealer to dealer, depending on which car you want, whether you want a Ford, whether you want a Chevrolet, whether you want a Toyota, a Honda, you know, a Chrysler or whatever, and, or a Porsche or a McLaren or a Bentley, you know, something like that, an Audi. And uh, you go in there and you look around. And don't be intimidated by a salesman. That's their job. Now, whether you got to go to a Ford store, a Chevrolet store, or a BMW store, or a Mercedes store, or a Porsche store, you know, they're, they're, nowadays, they're, they're pretty decent. You know, they're, they're instructed to be pretty pleasant. And, uh, and you just say, hey, look, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking. And if you want, go ahead and give me your card. And then when I get ready to do something, I'll just uh, I'll get a hold of you. That's the right thing to do. So then when you look at the car, you find the car. And then you make some notes. Always take a picture of the window sticker. That way you and the invoice number or the, the, the um, dealer number, the lot number, the dealer um, inventory number. That way you can immediately look at the car, you know, which inventory number it was, and then the window sticker. So when you're home in the evening, you can compare it, put them on your spreadsheet, so to speak, and you can, uh, you know, look at all the, uh, the cars and you can do the comparisons. So the guy sits there and say, well, this is what we're, you know, we're asking for the car. And then you go around and around and they'll try to negotiate with you. And I say, well, I'll tell you what, here's the deal. I'm shopping and there's a lot of car dealers. There's a lot of Ford stores. There's a lot of Chevrolet stores. There's a lot of, you know, Audi stores. There's a lot of BMW stores or whatnot. Just say, here's the deal. Just put your best number on your business card and I'm going to look. Don't let them pressure you into making a deal. Remember, this is the last week, last three, four or five days of the week. And then the other thing that you can do is if you go to cargurus.com, for example, you can go on there and you'll find out that sometimes it'll list. The car's been on the lot 40 days, 50 days, 60 days, 70 days. When a car is on a lot 60 to 70 days, they want to blow that car out. That's also the best time to, to get a discount. So like I said, there's a couple tricks of the trade, but get the numbers, get them on a card. And the guy that gets closest to what you want price-wise on the car that you want, then you go back and you work them. And again, you pull the same routine again. You say, "Well, all right, you know, that's a little bit more than I want. I mean, I originally had a budget of twenty thousand. Now I'm looking at twenty-five. You know, I really don't want to be more than that." And you know, you just you be humble about it and be polite about it because if you treat them right, chances are, you know, if it's a car that's been on a lot, it's what we call aged merchandise. Um, you might get a good deal. You'd be surprised, you know. And, and that's the way to build a rapport with people. You know, it's all about building rapport and and uh, and a relationship. And they tell you that because the car car dealers, you know. And if you build a relationship with the guy, you know, that's the guy that'll call you when there's a good deal coming in, and he'll treat you right. If you have a little issue, you need a floor mat or a you know cup holder or something goes wrong, you know, he'll they'll help you out. So that's pretty much how it works. Again, I want to thank our good friends over there, uh, Ruth Eckert Hall and the City of Clearwater. 
and some of our commissioners for this uh, really spectacular event we had this past week in this musical event down here at Cushman Park with ZZ Top and uh, CCR. Now, I think what we're going to do is we're going to get ready to call our guest. We're going to play another song. Now, the next song ZZ Top. I think it's Cool Sunglasses. Is that the name of this one, Vaughn? And uh, he's nodding his head. Now, yeah, I had to play this. Cheap sunglasses. Cheap sunglasses. Because, you know, it, the typical car dealer back in the 70s, uh, a leisure suit, a big wide leather belt, patent leather shoes, plaid pants, and some cheap sunglasses. Hey, you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio Cars. Don't touch that dial. We will be right back. Cheap sunglasses. Coming this summer from Columbia Pictures, a movie that asks the question, would you buy a used car from this man? Oh, here at New Deal Used Cars, we are uh, stripping away inflation. We're taking off those high prices. Or this there, man. We have a group of immoral charlatans masquerading as businessmen. They will stoop to the lowest. Hold most Roy. <laughs> would you buy a used car from this you man? Sign your name. Ray. Uh, or from this man. I want you to look inside. No, I don't want to look inside. Oh, just get in the car. Get in the Well, these people did. Used cars about a group of dedicated businessmen who'll do anything to sell a car. We can't do a commercial wearing these. We'll come off looking like a couple of... $695. You got it. Margaret, let's take a look under the hood, shall we? <laughs> what? <laughs> 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 hey, look, there. Now, wait a minute. What the hell is this? Is this a 1977 450 SL for $24,000? That's too high. You know, he just said. Used cars. It's a dirty business. Hey, Duke, ever working one of these swimming transmissions? No, but I watched a guy fix a Japanese transmission. What a great deal! Says here the car was totaled. What do you guys got? Some kind of crystal ball? No, nope. she's got a Carfax. 
This is Big Haas from Pawn Stars, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. All right, we're back, and you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and it's time to introduce our special guest for the evening. This gentleman is the Director of Communications for the National Independent Automobile Dealers Association, the NIADA. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening, Andy Friedlander. Andy, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Pretty good. So, tell us about... NIADA, National Independent Dealer Association. Did I say that right? Well, close. National Independent Automobile Dealers Association. Okay. Yeah, uh, we are a uh, association uh, representing uh, independent uh, vehicle dealers. Uh, That's not new car dealers. They're not affiliated with the manufacturer. Uh, They are uh, strictly used cars, don't sell new cars, and... um, about 16,000 members. There's about uh, 40,000 uh, independent dealers nationwide. Um, most of our uh, our dealers are small operations. Uh, 81% of our our uh, members have uh, 10 or fewer employees, and 60 something, 62% have uh, few have five or fewer. Um, so they're not they're not big operations. They're basically people in the community. Who are providing transportation and uh, uh, just again a major part of the major part of the community. Okay. Now, they, uh, apparently, there's a uh, organization called the National Alliance of Buy Here Pay Here Automobile Dealers. So now you guys kind of like forged a relationship. So tell us a little bit about that too. Yeah. So we actually acquired uh, NABD in December, and uh, we've kind of merged our operations. NABD still uh, still exists. Still. Um, uh, a separate entity, uh, but it's under our umbrella, and we have merged uh, our our conventions. Uh, they held used to hold their show in in May. We've always held ours in June, so we've merged them together. So coming now to Florida to uh, Orlando in two weeks is uh, is going to be our seventy second and the seventy second annual NIADA convention expo. It's the first one combined with NABD. It's going to be by far the largest. Uh, show we've ever had uh we're actually we've, we've, we were calling it the mega conference um we've uh we've broken our uh, all-time attendance record the past two years but we're gonna we're gonna uh, break it again this year and uh it's it's gonna be huge we have dealers from all over the country uh industry vendors um uh we'll have some of the top speakers in the business uh uh doing uh, uh education uh, sessions for uh for our dealers and uh, making sure they know uh, best ways to uh, operate their dealerships and and uh, serve the public. Okay. Now, when you mentioned earlier that there's 40,000 dealers, independent dealers across the nation, that includes buy here, pay here car lots, I, I presume, right? Correct. Yeah, okay. buy here, pay here uh, are generally uh, independent dealers. Um, it's just kind of a segment of our interest, industry. Okay. Now, let me ask you this. Now, there's many franchise dealers that have separate independent car dealerships where they'll take their secondary cars. Let's just say, for example, the cars that don't meet their criteria for, let's say, certified um, pre-owned, you know, the criteria there. And then they have um, the their independent, let's say, like they're down the street lot. And uh, right. so that, those cars are included. Those dealerships are included as well, right? They would be included in that in that, uh, in, in that number in the, of independent dealerships. Yes, uh, they because those particular dealerships aren't affiliated with the manufacturer. Okay. We do have members who who own new car stores as well as used car stores. Okay, so what is kind of like the NIADA? So what is their main focus? In other words, and the the industry has changed quite a bit in the last couple of years. There's new laws, new regulations, Absolutely. and stuff. And so tell us about some of the updates and tell us a little bit. You know the the whole auspices of of how the the system works and what it's there to do. Well, sure. Uh, as far as as what we do, our two our two biggest areas of focus are dealer education. Okay. Uh, we want to make that's uh, we want to make sure our dealers are equipped with all the best practices and all the latest information, so they can run efficient operations and. Uh, of course, make uh, profit and also comply with uh, with the laws and regulations that are out there governing the industry. Uh, the used car industry is one of the most heavily regulated businesses in the country. Uh, in fact, I was just talking to our uh, our uh, 
president-elect uh, a, a couple days ago, and uh, and he was mentioning that that there's more regulations on selling used cars than doing heart surgery. Wow. Um, there's, uh, there's, uh, we, we actually sent um, uh, a contingent up to Washington uh, last, uh, last year to meet with um, members of, uh, of, of a congressional committee and take them through a used car sale. And here's how all the steps you have to go through and all the paperwork you have to sign. And it was, it was very eye-opening for the, uh, for the committee staffers because they had no idea it was, you know, that much, that many forms and that much, uh, thing, and that many things that they have to do to comply with all the regulations involved. Well, you so know, that's one. And, and compliance, is, it, that's, a, that's a big deal for, for us. We want to make sure that our dealers are doing things right and that they are not, uh, you know, they they know the laws, so they can they can uh, follow that because there's so many out there that it's easy to easy to lose something, and we need so we are really careful about uh, making sure our dealers have have all the information they need. So it's um, it's fair to okay. say it's fair to say though that this organization, the NIADA, and I always say it slowly in case somebody's listening in enough, <laughs> the National no. Independent Automobile Dealers Association, it's fair to say that they also look out very strongly for the consumer, and that's almost really a main function and the main focus for them is they want to make sure the dealers are. Let's just say, and I'm going to talk from a consumer side here, they keep the dealers in check so that the consumer. Is, is treated fair, but also that these new rules, these new regulations, these new laws, and I want you to elaborate on some of those in a little bit, um, that, that, that basically that there's a lot of fairness, um, you know, brought to the trade, so to speak. Yeah, well, as a matter of fact, um, you know, we have a, a code of ethics that uh, our members agree to abide by uh, that one of, the, in fact, one of the first things in it is uh, that they have a duty to integrity, honor, and fair dealing toward the general public. Uh, there's also one of the other, you know, other things include truth and accuracy in advertising and selling and standing behind any guarantee that they, that they uh, give with the sale of a vehicle. Um, so, yeah, the, the consumer is very much on our mind as well. And, you know, nobody that, – that's one of the things that we are really uh, – we really would like to do is, is improve the reputation of the used car industry. And, and we feel like we're, we're doing that kind of one step at a time. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's certainly uh, something that we have our uh, we have our eye on. Okay. Now, as far as for example, dealers in the old days when you were a car dealer, you just basically you had a uh, a location, you got a, you you filed for a fictitious name, you had a, uh, a no, seriously, this is how it was in Florida in 1983 because I know when back when I had my dealer license, you had to have a hundred square feet office, you had to have mm-hmm. two parking space, one for a customer, one for the park your car, you had to have a desk, a filing cabinet, and that was it. You know, they didn't ask you anything else, you know. So it was amazing how it was back then. Well, now, because I was in the wrecking yard business, we had to have a dealer license back then because we bought from insurance salvage yards, and we had to have, you know, we had dealer license, and, of course, we had to have sales tax and and all that other good stuff. But And and that's a different industry in itself. So Mm -hmm. today, you know, it's like now every two years a dealer has to go through a course. They have to take continuing education. And now, is that something that was brought on by the state? Is that something that your organization created? And, and what is the purpose of that? Well, I, I can't speak for Florida's uh, um, uh, law specifically, but I know that's one thing we, uh, our organization, fights for in a lot of states. Uh, we actually uh, were behind the uh, uh, pre license education um, and continuing education requirements in the Carolinas. Uh, in Georgia, in, in quite a number of states, we have uh, affiliated state associations around the country, um, and that's one of the things that they do is they work on their state legislat- state legislatures to have regulations like like that passed while they're fighting against regulations that can be overburdensome to our dealers. So, yeah, uh, pre-license education and continuing education is something that we are very much in favor of, and um, uh, yeah, they that's. The, the more the more education that our dealers can get, uh, the better, and that that includes before they ever get their license. Let me ask you this: Do you think because you you're because we have the FADRA, which are uh, uh, not FADRA, that's salvage. We have the Florida Independent Automobile Dealers Association. So, would it be fair right. to say that 
Um, the National Institute, okay, or Independent Dealers Automobilist, I always get that. I stumble over it. Okay, so let's just say <laughs> NA, National Association. Okay, National Association, yeah. That, do you think that there will ever come a time when it becomes standardized that all the states – um, pretty much have the same cut and dry procedure because you know if you get a dual license in Florida, it's different. Like you said in Georgia, it's different than it is in Arizona. Correct. It's different. Do you think that there needs to be some continuity? Is that something that the National Association is kind of concerned with, or is that they leave that up to the states? Well, I think that's kind of a state issue, okay. state by state issue. I don't think that's something the federal government wants to get involved in. Okay. Um, uh, to be honest with you, in, in licensing things nationwide, there's there's very few things that are that are nationally uh, mandated, uh, anything like that. It's a state by state issue generally, but definitely our state associations are are very much working, and we're and we're behind them on that uh, from the national level, um, working towards you know more education and um, uh, continuing education, and uh, yeah, we're very much uh, very much behind that. Okay. Now, as far as the actual cars, okay, and let's say, um, you know, because there's, there's issues, you know, like, for example, disclosure is a big deal, okay? Mm-hmm. So whether a car's a flood car, whether a car's a rebuilt car, and again, I say this because I come from the wrecking yard world. So as a salvage yard guy, you know, and I go to, let's say, back in the day, it might have been Sadisco today, it's Copart and IAA. And so you go in there and you buy these cars. We walk, we see them come up on the on the board. You know they're auction salvage, and some will say salvage rebuildable. Some will say uh, CD certificate of destruction. Some will say um, uh, salvage only, and uh, or rebuildable. And that again is kind of like a well, it might vary from state to state. But what I've also learned here recently, and I thought that changed. But a lot of times, it's up to the insurance company to deem whether that car is branded, salvage rebuildable, rebuildable, certificate of destruction, or basically a total loss. Now, does does the association, the National Independent Association, do association, do you guys get involved in any of that stuff? Do you have any uh, influence? Is it an issue that concerns you guys? Because, again, that's something that the consumer's concerned with, because you know how flood cars right. is probably the biggest thing that comes up. Flood cars is definitely, especially after the hurricanes last year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's something, again, that that's generally done state by state. I know there's some of our states that are very much involved in, in uh, uh, working with uh, various entities about uh, what the rules are about branding titles. Um, that's it is a concern, obviously, because you know the dealers get caught in that too, right? So mm-hmm. a dealer gets a gets a, a vehicle from an auction and then you know find out that oh look at you know got the, the flood damage. It's there's it's it, it's a, it's a concern for our dealers. In addition to the consumers, it's an it's in. Uh, concern for them and their businesses. So yeah, that's something that we are that we are concerned about, and, oh. and we are uh, looking at. Okay. Now I'll give you another example. For example, um, lease companies, rental car agencies, Hertz, Avis, um, Budget, Rent a Car, they self-insure. So when their cars are totaled, they come with clean titles. There's no reporting agency. There's no Carfax. There's no auto check. There's no nothing on those cars. And I know, again, come from the wrecking yard world, and this is why this is kind of a good conversation here because I'm from the other end of it. I'm from the salvage end. So from the salvage end, you know, I'm looking at the. I would buy these cars as parts cars, right? But there's a lot of dealers, independent dealers, that buy these cars because they have clean paperwork. They buy three or four, let's say, uh, Ford Focuses or Ford Escapes or something like that, or Toyota, you know, Highlanders or something like that, and they'll glue them back together. Then they'll kind of you know bump them from state to state. Next thing you know, the car comes up and it's got no past history on it. Mm-hmm. Does does the the dealer associate independent dealers association are they aware of this? Is this is there something they can do about this or what? Because these are questions that I get asked, so that's why I'm right. asking you. So as an association, you know we don't exactly we don't have like enforcement power, right? So right. we're not in the government. We can't uh, uh, you know, do uh, pass regulations or enforce them or anything like that. So. Uh, there are bad actors, obviously, in in every business, mm-hmm. and um, you know that's what we do is we work uh, to encourage our dealers and educate our dealers and make sure they understand uh, what they're doing, uh, do things right, uh, to do right by the consumer. Because uh, you know when it comes down to it, a vast 
major, a, a very large uh, percentage of our dealer's business is going to be repeat business. Yes. Especially if you're doing things right. Mm-hmm. And so when you do stuff like that, that it's going to kill your repeat business. So mm-hmm. it's just not, it's not good business to do it. And so that's what we kind of want to make sure our uh, members understand is, you know, you treat the customer fairly and you treat the customer right because you want that customer to come back and bring, you know, his or her friends and family. Uh, you know, that's that's a very big part of, uh, of the car business is getting that getting that repeat referral. Exactly. Now, um, Sean Peterson may or may not. I know he's on flight. And, <laughs> and now if he calls in, he is the senior vice president of legal and government affairs. So basically he would be kind of a lobbyist in a way. So when when the organization lobbies for something or goes to Washington, so to speak, where do, what, what, how serious of an issue or how serious does something have to become to kind of catch your eye or his eye, so to speak, to where he needs to go to Washington and say, hey, Congress, you need to be aware of this. You need to work with us. We need to do something about this. Pros and cons, good or bad, dealers, consumers. So how to take us through that process a little bit. Well, I mean, there's, there's a lot of issues out there. It, it, a lot of it is, is when issues come up in Congress, then, then we kind of have to evaluate what um, what those issues are, whether they're they're good or bad for dealers, for consumers, for, for the industry, and, uh, and and react accordingly. Um, I was, you, you mentioned that, you know advocacy, and, and I, I mentioned at the beginning that, that we have two big, two major areas of focus, and, and education was one. Advocacy is the other, and and we do uh, a lot of that at both the state and and the, the federal level. Um, part of it is we talked about overregulation and how much regulation there is on the business and so we that's something that we're fighting uh we're you know we're again we're also for a lot of common sense things that that really uh would help both the industry and the consumer such as the the pre-licensing and continuing education because you know when when someone goes into into the business and just goes in, you know, like you said, just sets up back in back in, in the day, uh, <laughs> just sets up a uh, a desk in a parking spot and declares himself a dealer. Uh, chances are they're gonna not know what the rules are and they're gonna break them. Uh, the, the more they more dealers know, the better off it is for them and for for uh, for their customers. All right. Um, what would be an example of some of the regulations? That you guys would be fighting exams. So, so aside from the consumer, aside from the education side, what would be some of the other regulations that would be passed down from Congress that those guys who have no idea? No how, idea. Pardon yeah. me. What would so be? We, we actually, we actually just just had two very uh, very significant victories in in that regard in the past uh, in the past year. Um, one was the uh, and. It was the uh, CFPB uh, was going to uh, had created a rule that was basically going to uh, get rid of arbitration agreements, and the idea was that supposedly that was uh, uh, denying um, consumers their day in court. What it was really denying consumers was the better way to resolve a dispute. Um, there was a there was a study done that showed that um, class action lawsuits the the average consumer uh, in a class action lawsuit when when they recovered damages recovered something on the order of thirty three dollars or it was it was a, a minuscule amount whereas the average recovery from um, arbitration was in the five thousand dollar range and arbitration is quicker it's cheaper it makes more sense so. That was uh, that rule was struck down um, by Congress uh, using the uh, um, Congressional Review Act, and uh, the, actually they use the same uh, same act, the same uh, a law to uh, strike down um, a the uh, guidance uh, uh, document that was that basically said that um, uh, you dealer discretion on uh, on interest rates. In um, third-party financing, was uh, was created a, a high risk of uh, of unintentional discrimination, and there was nothing to back that up. Uh, their their methodology was was flawed, and um, 
they never uh, they never studied what the effects of that would be in terms of how uh, how it would affect consumer credit uh, or or the business end of it, and uh, that also um, was something that the Congress uh, the Congress overturned. So there's uh, quite a number of regulations involved, uh, uh, but those are those are two that that I know we uh, we uh, lobbied against and uh, and ultimately won on both of those. Okay. Well, I, I'm not sure, but I, I would imagine that state usury laws would come into effect there too, and that's probably talking mainly about buy here, pay here car lots, right? Well, yeah, buy here, pay here is, is a whole different thing because they do their own financing, right? And um, I mean, there's that. <laughs> I, I will have to admit that that most of the buy here, pay here stuff is over my head because it, it's all accounting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I I, I don't want to give you the impression that I'm. Uh, that I'm well versed on BHBH financing, so okay. um, I do know uh, that that um, that one of the things that that we are uh, concerned about and and fighting is is more or less the reputation of uh, buy here pay here because you know those those uh, dealerships are generally catering to uh, people with damaged credit and uh, and subprime uh, credit scores. Um, and it's they have a very high risk, so a lot of the banks and credit unions won't touch them. And uh, so what the buy here, pay here industry is doing is, is providing uh, transportation for a lot of people who would never be able to get it otherwise. Um, it, it's, you know, it, they take on a lot of risk in doing that. I, I believe uh, something like 33% of their uh, contracts end up um, not end up uh, in default eventually, um, but um, you know it's it's a very risky business, but it's something that uh, that a lot of people need. Mm-hmm. Now at the convention, we got a couple minutes left here. Um, at the convention, what are going to be some of the highlights there? Well, we have. Uh, uh, and by the way, uh, it's dealer only, correct? Um, well, it's yeah. You have to. It's right. It's it's for our members and. Uh, for um, industry vendors and and um, and partners and and things like that, yeah, it's not open to the public. Um, but yeah, we're going to have uh, uh, mostly it's, it's a lot of education. Uh, we have more than sixty uh, dealer education sessions from uh, some of the the top people in the business. Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with with people like uh, Chip Perry of True Car and Mark O'Neill from Cox Automotive and. Uh, uh, a lot of guys, a lot of people like that. Um, Mannheim, I'm sure there'll be some people there, right? And I'm so right. So, and we'll have uh, an expo hall with uh, 210 plus uh, uh, industry uh, vendors mm-hmm. with all the latest uh, technology and, and services and products uh, for our our dealers to uh, improve their businesses. Okay. Um, we will have, uh, of course, we have some fun stuff. We're actually going to have a, a concert by uh, a. Uh, big and rich. Oh, the, uh, that's presented by Trade Rev, one of our our vendors, mm-hmm. uh, one of our partners. Um, they'll be uh, on Monday night. We have, you know, uh, we crown our uh, our quality dealer of the year, national quality dealer of the year, on Thursday night. Um, yeah, it's going to be a, a big event. Lots of people, a uh, lot of fun, a uh, lot of uh, learning and and uh, and. You know, hearing uh, hearing about what's what's new in the business. Excellent, excellent. Oh, I almost forgot our keynote speaker, uh, the great Dick Vitale, will be speaking. Oh wow! At, at our convention, that's right. <laughs> Super. He's awesome, baby. Okay, well, you're going to be there too, right? I will definitely be there. Okay, well, good. Well, that'll give us an opportunity to meet. Now, I was just thinking about this since because uh, I, I didn't I for some reason I thought it was on the weekend and then I looked at the date and I go wait a minute this is Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday right so it's starting a week Monday Thursday correct yeah so it's very possible it's very possible I just got to figure out what's going on here because we have a number of other events we might be able to do a live remote from there That'd so be awesome. so but I'll tell you what would be really cool is if I can get some of these big name vendors you know some of the people in the industry to maybe come on board and talk live so that'd be cool to just do live interviews with them but anyway we're up against the clock Andy I want to thank you very much my special guest this evening was Andy Friedlander and he's a director of communications for the National Independent Automobile Dealers Association 
And uh, Andy, you take care. Again, I want to thank you very much. Tell uh, Sean and maybe the uh, president that we might be able to do something with them uh, on that Tuesday. So we'll just kind of see how that plays out, and uh, we'll be in touch. All right, great. Well, thank you very much for having me, and uh, we'll see you down there. Okay, very good. Hey, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars this evening. Hopefully you had a little, uh, got a little insight onto how the dealers, independent dealer associations, are regulated. Okay, we have uh, we have cool things going on. you got people looking out for you, the consumer. But anyway, hey, don't forget to check out our website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com. Don't forget to check out our podcast page. And don't forget to tell your friends to tune in here every Tuesday night on the Talk Radio Network between 7 and 8 p.m. for the most fascinating and legendary names in motorsports. Hopefully, I'll see you at some of the car shows. In the meantime, everybody, stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. To the other side. Downtown Dave. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. They broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater. FM 106.1. WCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills. FM 104.3. Listen.